0: All right, so we know what the uh, topic is, you know, um, what did you, what, what have you always wanted to know about the stock market? So this is a chance where you get the chance to pick my brain within reason, okay, within reason, but we'll see what it is. So I'm going I'm to open up the question with what is something that you've always wanted to know about the stock market? And y'all can take your turns uh, going in and I'll answer them all. Let's.
1: Go. I have a basic question. I mean, super me- basic.
0: Go ahead, Brandy. Just
1: from what I've learned today is that when you're looking at stocks and you kind of come upon something, you know, however it, it comes onto your radar, and you look at some of the analysts and you see like, like one is completely different than the other. I mean, they have, they're like, I've seen completely different charts today. Like, what is the, like the factor that will bring it together that will be like, like, like a way of thinking about those, that data?
0: So when you say completely different explain.
1: Like I mean like I was looking at things today and like Yahoo had it at like completely bullish like as red as they come and Fidelity was like buy all of this as much as you can as quickly as possible. <laughs> you know, and so what would be the So how that?
0: do you cut through the how do you cut through the muck and mire and determine what is good and what is bad uh, basically when you have conflicting reports from analysts? well here's my straight answer i don't trust analysts so i gotta learn what it is that makes a stock go up because if i listen to an analyst you got to realize that the machine on wall street is a very manipulated machine Mm. So, so when you when you understand that when you really really understand that then you understand that there's no right answer there's no wrong answer it's all perception Right. It depends on what side of the market you're on, because there's two sides to the market. Are you aware of the sides I'm talking about?
1: Um, I'm aware of winning and losing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that could say that could be true. When I say two sides of the market, I mean, there's buyers and then there's sellers. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, the buyers may want to win today. The sellers may want to lose are losing tomorrow. You know, and then you got people who short sell and that's when you bet on the stock to go down. So you got people betting on a stock going in either direction every single day, mm-hmm. you understand? You can't have volume without buyers and sellers. Someone has to buy the stock you're selling all the time. Mm-hmm. So the, t- the straight answer is you have to learn what the fundamentals are in a stock. And that takes some time to understand what you're looking at and how it works and it takes experience. So I always tell people you can read as many books as you so like in your life, but it's not gonna give you experience. It's just gonna give you the knowledge or it's gonna tell you what the color of the knob is. It's not really gonna tell you what the knob does. Does that make sense?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, who's next? The question um, I is- have a
2: question. I, I have a question, Kevin. Go ahead. Um, so it's not specifically like about the stock market. I mean, it is, I guess. Um, can you help me like make, make it make sense how the stock market is going through the wall like it's, it's shooting up it's going crazy but like the economy is it kind of crap, right like the, the, the logic doesn't make sense to me uh you see people losing their jobs people dying people getting sick um all these things happening and then it's like the stock market just kind of turned a blind eye to it
0: okay so this is a job for main street versus wall street So if you are a person that you're describing people dying, people doing bad, people losing their jobs, people on unemployment, that's Main Street. So it's almost like um, the, the, uh, the battle between people who don't wear a mask and people who do, right? Because the Republicans are the money party in the market, right? And so if you think about the market as a money generating organism. IBM um, is not going to start stop doing business with Amazon. Amazon is not going to stop doing business with Apple. Apple, you're going to continue to pay your iPhone bill and you're going to continue to pay your telephone bill um, because you want your phone to be on. No matter what, that's like your lifeline. So Apple's not going to suffer if COVID is happening because people need to stay connected if that makes sense. So there's a disconnect there because you got the small businesses that are doing bad, but none of these small businesses are public companies. So as long as the earnings are good, which companies have done very well during COVID, considering COVID really affected and impacted their quarters, they did very well, but then you have to look at the market like this. Well, let's get together and they say the market's going to earn $165 if you add all the companies in the S&P 500. All right. That's what they're going to earn this year. And then at the beginning of the year, COVID happens. Then they, they struck it down from 165 down to 145, then down to zero. They wrote off 2020 and said 2021 is where all of the gains are going to take place and the growth is going to happen. So what they did was they lowered all the expectation in 2020. So if you went, boo, your stock went up, right? So you got to realize it's a B2B world in the stock market, all right? It is a B2C world after the market. And in that market, it really doesn't matter, even though it ties into consumer spending. But the habit that people have kills themselves. Here's what I mean. The gross domestic product number, right, GDP, is tied into the consumer. And so the consumer is 70% of that number. And so as long as the consumer is spending and spending is healthy, you'll see that the market does well as well because retail does well. Like if you look at Target and then stop Target from blowing out their numbers, right? Amazon from blowing out their numbers, Cyber Monday blowing out the numbers, Black Friday blowing out the numbers, why? Because when people see that number, that red letter called sale, people go spend the last of their money. And, 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 and it's, it's another thing too, it's not like they have savings, they're just they're conditioned to do so. So market, Wall Street doesn't care about Main Street, really doesn't, it only cares about profit. And when you're looking at earnings, that's the reason why stocks go up. And so when you see that these companies are beating expectation, that's why stocks are going up, it has nothing to do with COVID. The market is a future, um, uh, future telling mechanism. It's going to always tell you what's going to happen in advance, if that makes sense. If I answered your question,
2: yeah, no, it, it, you answered it, and because uh, I was looking at like um, what reported last week, I think like Best Buy and and Zoom, like they killed their numbers, but then I noticed like some of, like their stock prices was dropping, and mm-hmm. so it just and just it just didn't it just seemed <laughs> kind of weird, right? Like it just didn't make any sense. Right. You would assume that generally that when you hit all your earnings and you blow them out of the water, that your stock would go up. But then it, I guess maybe people are buying it before thinking that it would uh, that they would kill it. But
0: Well, not. you got to look at it as a sell on rumor type of scenario. Yeah. Yep. So if, if, the, if we already baked that they were going to beat their numbers, they're not really caring if they beat their numbers. They're talking about is the number, is growth in the numbers going to continue? And if those numbers haven't continued, hold on one second, let me see what this is. If those numbers haven't continued, then you have an issue there. Hold on one second. Yeah. Okay. good. So and so since since that that's what they're really betting on, they're looking at is the company growing. The market doesn't care um, if you you beat your numbers for the for one quarter. They care if you're going to beat your numbers for four quarters, three years, that type of thing. They want to know that your momentum's there. Right. So if you're looking in the early stages of a growth company, you know, it's so risky to have to buy these IPOs and to buy these new companies because, you know, they have no track record. You know, you don't know what the management is doing. You don't know anything about it. All you're saying, all you're really buying into is the hype machine because Wall Street is going to make money or for that IPO and they're going to make billions, if that makes any sense. So because you're on the other side of it and you don't really understand that, you buy into it. And that's why, you know, you're a retail investor. They call you a retail investor for a reason because you're getting it at retail. You're not getting it at wholesale. You're not getting it pre IPO. You're not getting it bridge loan. You're not, taking a, you're not taking part in a private placement to get them to the market. So, you know, those are things that you just kind of study, you know? Yeah, no, thank you. You're welcome. Who's next? Come on. You got me, you better pick my brain. Let's go. Yeah,
3: um, I can't be on camera because I'm at work still. Hope you don't mind. No worries. Um, so my question is when should you know, when you're in the red, and this is I guess I guess for my personal stocks, and I just hold it because I'm so in the red, when do you let go? Or do you let go?
0: See, that's a very complicated question. And the reason why it's complicated because are you talking personally or in the game?
3: Well, in the game, that's different because okay. it ain't my money, but my own money, <laughs> my own money. So my personal.
0: OK, but OK, then then that lends me to asking you a question. Why did you buy the stock in the first place?
3: Because I wasn't well-informed So at then the
0: time. So, 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 so OK, how long did it take for you to find out that you weren't well-informed?
3: Um, <laughs> it depends on the stock.
0: <laughs> All right, so Just then the school other school. question is mm-hmm. did you try to become informed after mm-hmm. you found out you weren't informed?
3: So I think I was just listening to the wrong people and I got into the hype and then I bought it and it was doing well and then it started going down. And then I was like, well, it'll go back up and you don't really lose money. So how I do you
0: know it. it's going to go back up if you don't know why the stock is going to
3: go up? Then so I did the, the research after the fact, but it's been in the red for a while. So it's probably going to take some time to bounce back.
0: Well, How do you know?
3: I guess I don't know.
0: Right, I'm challenging you to, to you understand. Are challenging me. I'm challenging you to understand. Because this is how people lose money, right? So, you know, you I think you were on Clubhouse, correct? Yes. Okay. So I, I got on there to monitor the conversation and to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people talk it, but it's a lot of smoke, right? You have people giving you stocks. There's a responsibility that you should have. Um, when you give someone a stock recommendation or what you what you think is good, there's a, and they don't lack, they lack a lot of responsibility and accountability when they're just throwing stock names out there, because unless they can tell you how and why and what, and the why is more important than what, you shouldn't be buying it until you know why, because now you can't really say when should I sell it, or when should I buy it, because you don't know why, you don't know nothing about the company, you just decided to. Days, this is good. I think we're going to make money in this market and bang. And then you buy it. And guess what? You bought it because it went up two days in a row. And guess what happens on that third day? Goes down. So very, very important that um, you understand that. But to answer your question, when should you sell it? Well, if you don't know anything about the company and the company's in a downtrend, preservation of capital makes sense. Because how much is the stock price, by the way?
3: (laughs) I'm embarrassed to tell you. I, don't be embarrassed. I'm
0: embarrassed. You might save money learning this. What, so, what it was
3: about? it was a penny stock. Um, and I bought it a while back. And they had a couple of deals. Well, I'll just tell you what it was. It was BISL.
0: I don't care and, what the ticker symbol is. Okay. And 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 uh and strike that from the record. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I don't care about, I don't care what how much is the stock price?
3: Um, at the time, it was a dollar and some change, and then I think they've done a split since then. So now it's like worth four, not, I think five dollars. Reverse split, which it is the most split.
0: the most bearish thing you can ever see. If a stock company, if a company has to reverse their stock, what they're saying is they're making it artificially higher to make it more attractive to more buyers. If yeah. you got to make me attractive, attracted to your stock price, then it's not worth buying in the first place. So that answers your question.
3: Yeah. Well, they did that after I bought it, but I hear what you're saying.
0: Still answers your question. Yeah. I think I answered that question.
3: hmm
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Stay away from penny socks, guys. You know, I mean, it's so funny. I got a whole bunch of notes, but I have a feeling you're going to make me do this from the top of my head. All right. Who's next? And don't be bashful. There's no such thing as bar- embarrassment and making mistakes. Um, when you're new, you're going to make mistakes. Make sense? I had a question. Go ahead. Um, so Kev, when you look at it, since you've changed my entire thought process and all I do is watch MSNBC, Bloomberg television, and anything else that revolves my money. Um, I'm consuming so much information. Um, and when I see companies buying other companies. And then I look at the stock prices. Um, I'm always baffled by the direction that they go. Um, probably because I don't know enough. So I'm probably about to answer my question already. But what? Why? Like I see a company buy another company, I got and this both. Question today, by the way. And both and both stock prices drop. You know, or one will go up and the other will go down. And <laughs> so, yeah. So, what's the rhyme or reason or? rationale behind that, that's always bad for me. Okay. So cash is king, right? Debt is bad. We all agree with that, right? Cash is king, debt is bad. If you got cash on hand and you have more cash than debt, that's awesome, right? But when you are using your cash and you're putting more debt on your books, then you, then and, and, and to answer your question directly first, is the suitor always goes down on the takeover. Always. Always. You saw it with, with one last two weeks ago. You saw it with the one today. I know what you're talking about. All right. So when you think about it, that's what happens. I got that call early this morning from Eric. And um, yeah, you know, I told him I'd an answer throughout the day, and I sent them the answer later on. I'll send you the same thing I sent him. <coughs> yeah, excuse me. But it, it depends on whether it's accretive to earnings. Is it going to be a benefit quickly? How long is it going to take to close? Typically, like when you guys saw TeleDoc take over um, the other company, the company just traded sideways and down more times than up. Because now that puts a little lull over the stock. And then you got to look at it like this. Takeovers, some of them work and some of them don't. And a lot of them don't work because you—you you know that's why we don't like to see companies grow by taking over other companies. Because here's here's the thought process behind it. I'm going to simplify it. When I was a stockbroker, in my firm, they did not like hiring people with licenses. Can anyone answer me why?
4: They come with bad habits.
0: Bang. So that means that if I gotta rework your brain, I'd rather train someone from scratch because what I know and what I teach them is all they know, right? So when you understand that, now I gotta go into a company, I might have to cut some people, I might trust the wrong people. I don't know them. I don't feel comfortable. That's why I don't let people join 2.0 unless I get to know them because I don't want them to disturb my culture because they're coming in with the wrong mindset. See, we're looking at the long coin. They're looking at the short current coin. And so if I got a stock that's up 900 points, you'll never see it if you're short term because you saw 50 and thought you were ghost and that was great for you. Meanwhile, you missed the stock that could have made you a millionaire depending on what you own, right? So when you think about that, um, you got a lot of things that could be taken on. They can be taken on a lot of debt. Um, you know, they could be using a lot of the cash reserves to buy the company. It may be seen as something that slows their growth down. There's a lot of reasons why that stock's going to go down. Until it actually uh, closes and people get a chance to analyze the deal, um, there's always some speculation there. So that's going to be the case. And then a lot of things is, you know, people buy on rumor and sell on
5: news. Who's next? If you... I'm, I'm trying to understand the technicals of averaging down and if a stock go up if you buy more you're going to average up
0: right absolutely So okay
5: I'm computer- go back to mute
0: i will explain got you so here's the deal what she's asking me is about averaging down um buying a stock when it's down well i got to answer this very carefully why because just because I give you this answer, this is not something you should do with a stock that you don't know or understand. This is something that we do in 2.0 with stocks that we own, that we know, and we got a really good um, energy with the stocks. We know they're making us money already, all right? So owning more is okay. Anyway, so if a stock goes down, let's look at, I'll give you, everybody knows Apple, so I use Apple. So if let's say you bought one share of Apple at $100, right? Apple fell out of bed, went down to 50, right? What would be your first instinct if Apple went down? And don't answer this, Evelyn. This is for someone non 2.0, please. What would be your first instinct if Apple went from 100 to 50? Who can answer that?
6: Sell it. Who said buy that? Buy it. Keisha. Okay. Wait, wait,
0: wait. Wait, wait, wait. One at a time. So Keisha says what? When it goes to 50, it's when scarce. it's
6: down, you want to buy more. When it goes yeah, who up, says it sell sell it? who said sell
0: it. Who said sell it? I mean, too cool. Someone said so. sell it. Who said sell it? I said buy it. Okay. So, all right. Someone said sell it. I think,
5: I think share. Someone is.
0: Okay. Share. So, but here's the reality. Y'all can could, y'all could give me the answer that you think makes sense. But like I tell people, you hear me when I say it. It registers to, to you as English. But once your emotion kicks in, you see red, you sell it. Most people do. Most people do because they're not built for it. If you had $1,000, $100,000 and it turned into $50,000 and that $100,000, you coveted that 100000 chances are if you didn't have another $100,000 there, you're selling it. Right? That is the wrong thing to do. There you go. So that, <laughs> and I did it yesterday. Okay, that is the wrong thing to do. So what she's asking about is averaging down. i was down, because I know the company. I know the fundamentals of the company. I know the trajectory of the company. that company's five-year outlook. I know how much cash they have. I know a lot of things about the company. The more conviction you have about a company, and you know that there's two sides to the market, so I'm answering this the long way for a reason, because there's people that need to hear the, the balance of it all. Because if I don't balance it, then they're just gonna go buy more of the, of, like for instance, the penny stock, and then get slammed in it. So you don't want to do that. But when it comes down to it, there's two sides to no market. There's buyers and sellers. So let me ask a question: What does the buyer feel about the stock they buy? Yeah. Okay. Good. Should feel yeah, great. I feel good about it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, why would you buy something you don't like when you buy a new car? You like it or you love it.
4: Most people are nervous.
0: <laughs> well, new people are. But if you buy if you're buying something, typically you own it in your mind. So you're happy that you're buying it. Right. So, you know, so what would be the emotion or what would be the feeling behind someone who's selling it? What do they feel about the stock? No 2.0, people. No 2.0. Panic. Panic. Okay, what else? Excuse me, what else?
5: That is no longer a benefit to them.
0: No longer a benefit to them. Any, some, One more.
1: They might make money and then want to reinvest at the new price, knowing if, if they understand what's coming.
0: No, no. If they sell it, what are they feeling? Because they're not making money if they're selling it. They're taking a loss.
1: They feel bad.
0: They may see an opportunity somewhere else. So they're cutting their losses. Okay. So they're cutting their losses. Let me tell you why that is a horrible thing when you don't know what you're doing. Right? When you're, when you're buying things that you don't know and don't understand, you shouldn't be buying it. That's number one. But when you understand the stock and you know what it is and you're, and you're selling it when it goes down, that is horrible. Like, horrible. And there's a, why do I say that? Because I'm going to give you the answer, but I want, the, I want people to use their brains.
5: Because you don't have a loss until
0: you uh, sell it. Yeah, correctly. And you don't have a profit until you sell it either. So let me give you the example. So if I was buying Apple, how many of you guys have an Apple phone? Come on, raise hands. I do. So I'm gonna go probably about 50% of you guys. I can't see between between it behind the dark screens. So if you look at it from this standpoint, is Apple going out of business?
6: Just came out with a new phone.
0: They're not going out of business, right? They have debt, but do they have enough money to pay off their debt? They have $200 billion, right? So they have no threat of going out of business, right? So therefore, if Apple goes down to 50 percent and you know the valuation of that business is probably worth about, let's say, let's say 150. Let's just say 150. And it goes down to 50. What should be your mode of operation? Buy. Buy. Right. Buy the max. Then what? Buy the max. You're crazy. So why would you sell it? Right? Because you're emotional. You're new investors. So here's how averaging down works. So if I buy one share of Apple at $100, right? One share, it drops to 50. I can put the same amount of money there and buy another $100 worth of stock, but I'm buying two shares this time. So now I put $200 into Apple. Here's what you're thinking. I own it at 100, I own it at 100, I'm paying 50. No, you don't when you bought two more shares down at 50 because now you own it at $66.66. Sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. So when Apple goes back to one hundred, you're up thirty-three percent. Was it a mistake to sell it? And will Apple go back to one hundred if it fell to? Yes, it will go back and even higher. Right. If it makes sense. If there's a reason for it. Right. So when you look at that, a lot of people get suckered in the market because retail investors are bait bait your hard-earned money goes in behind ignorance and you get it shredded to pieces so when you see the market go down 16 1600 points you go ah but if COVID didn't teach you anything market was deep discounted in february and in march and the next you know anyone that bought stock in this year they think they're a genius why do they think they're a genius
4: because they made money
0: everything was on- Yeah, I'm up 50%, I'm up 70%. I'm up 80%, I'm up 100%. Yeah, you're a genius. (laughs) You're a genius. What what were you up last year and what you gonna do in 2021 when the market ain't taking that deep discount? Now you gotta be forced to buy stocks based on what the value of a company is. What happens then, right? So that's, that's important to know. But when you're averaging down, you average your cost basis down and you bring your cost basis down. Now, if you're buying stock on the way up, you averaging up, it's okay, the stock's going up. You don't own enough apparently, that's why you keep buying it on the way up or you didn't buy enough when it was down, it's okay. Set a goal and, and keep a goal. So, next question. If anyone has another question, if anyone has another question, ask, but I'm gonna ask another question. If you wanna wait, I'm gonna ask other question. I have a question, Kevin. Go ahead.
6: Um, so, you mentioned gold, what? Like, what factors into how
0: to set a good goal for investing? Okay, Ashik, I said you guys on 2.0, can't ask no questions. But I'm going to answer it. This is for the people who are non-2.0 today. Got it? But... When it comes down to goals, you're asking what factors into having a goal. I mean, you got to set money goals. You got to set what you want to own, how much money you want to have in the market, and then um, how many shares you want to own of a stock. And you got to set a goal to get it. That's really what it's about. You know, um, it's really not about the the price of the stock. It's about how many shares do you own, and how long you're gonna own it. It's like Bana asked me the uh, Bana asked me the other day. You know, um, how do you how do you hold the stock for the long-term? You know, I think that was you, right? You know, when you got a profit or you asked me, you know, how do you keep it for the long-term? Easy, when you see you making money every single quarter, you gotta stay with it. But it's also about knowing the story of the company. So let me switch wheels a little bit. Um, I know James, you have one question. Go ahead, James. Yeah, really quick, Kevin. Um, with the indexes trading at, you know, all-time highs, resistance points now,
7: mm-hmm. do-
0: ever consider using the VIX or the UVXY, you know, those those two. Now you're are talking above guys. people's heads. Now uh, you're sorry. talking to people. Yeah, okay. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. Because that's, you know, I, I mean, the answer is no, not now. Because that's the volatility index he's talking about. Um, and the reality behind it is that it's not giving you enough play right now to be doing that. You understand? Back when COVID was the problem, you had the VIX jumping. The VIX is the is, is the volatility index. What happens when the market goes up, the VIX goes down. When the VIX goes up, the market goes down. So it's an, it's an inverse relationship, but it's not really volatile right now. It's not to the point, if you look at the UVXY, it's 11 bucks. So it's, you know, get it. But that's that's like above the board, bro. Like people, they're still trying to figure out how to buy and sell a good company. Got it? Thank you very much. All right, so next question.
5: So What's to for say,
0: Mm-mm. Oh, For the sorry. new people, hold on, I'll come back to you, Cher. For the new people, um, what is your perception of the stock market? Cher, you can ask your question and, and then answer that one as well.
5: Okay, say the question again and I'll answer that first.
0: <laughs> See how you black out, women do that, they black out. <laughs> in until they get get what they want. Okay. So what is the perception? What is your perception of the stock market? Casino. Casino. See, that's the problem. I got to mute you. Go ahead, Cher.
5: Um, At first, I I saw it as a place to make money and to build wealth. Um, I still see it that way. Okay. And I'm trying, the only thing is, is I'm trying to figure out how to get in the correct way. And I'm sorry, I came in a little late. So I might have missed some of these questions. But um, I heard you all talking about penny stop. I had the same thing happen to me. So now that I'm holding this penny stop, what's the best way to get out of it? Sell like, it. Like, just period? Sell it. Okay. How about that answer? Okay.
0: Okay, so I'm going to tell you. Penny stocks are trash. If you like throwing your money in the garbage, keep buying them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to ask you some questions. I was nice to Kimberly earlier. I'm going to ask you some questions. I know you're going to be nice to you too. Oh, but, but what do you know about that company?
5: <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Someone okay. told me to buy it. I didn't realize why they were you guys see the pattern? See the pattern with it? Yeah. Right.
0: So that's why you don't buy trash, right? It's like it's like I was on Clubhouse the other day and I said someone asked me about options. And I think no one should be buying options, first of all, in your first year and a half of your career, as at least two years, three years. You got to understand how to make money in the stock market first all right, in equities. If you don't know how to make money in equities, you can't money, make money in options. So someone asked me a question and then they tried to come out and kind of come against me. But I was like on spotlight and I just said, well, quiet as kept, I made a million dollars in options this year. So I tell you what I know. I'm not telling you what I guess, I'm telling you what I know. But I also know that most people don't have the money to buy $300, $300,000 worth of options. So you're not playing that game. So what you're doing is you're playing short-term games. You're gambling. So to go back to Yodi, gambling is not good. See, the difference between a gambler and an investor is an investor does the research, they understand the financials, they understand the sector, they understand the company, they understand the inner works of the company. So it's not gambling, it's an educated guess, because you don't know for sure, but you're, lo- you're lining up on the right side of 60-40. The person that's gambling is buying the rumor, buying the tip, buying something based on hype. The, the promoter is promoting. So you're buying it. And that's where you get those penny stocks. And then you say, well, I got a couple hundred dollars. I could I could buy oh, 50 cents. Oh, more, give me that right quick. I can get 400 shares. If it moves a dollar, <laughs> I have made $400. I done doubled my money, right? No, it never works out that way. It's always the other way. It's illiquid, meaning you can't sell it, meaning you got to make a reservation to sell shares because it doesn't trade. So for you guys who don't know this yet, you will get stuck in the stocks in the contest because you will be buying stocks to a point when you get to a certain level, you'll be buying stocks and the volume is not going to be there to sell it. That's what happens in penny stocks. And it's just no market. Institutions are not in penny stocks. But to go back to a, a question I got earlier for Brandy, she said, how did the stock splits affect the stock? Um, they, they, just make, they just split the stock, that's it. It doesn't make the company worth anymore. It's just the hype behind it and, and small investors can get involved with it now. That's all. And if it's a good company, they're gonna bid it up. That's what it is. It's, it's just basically retail buyers. And you have to understand this year is the year of Robin Hooders. 14 million Robin Hooders buy stock without thinking. They're more powerful than institutions. You're talking about, if you got, excuse me, 14 million people with an average of 2,500 to $3,000 in their bank account, you're moving billions of dollars a, uh, a day, you're moving, you're making, you can move stock with that type of mentality. Um, and they're in and they're out and they get slaughtered a lot because the institutions can move trillions if they want. It's a different ball game. And once you understand it, it makes sense. So again, let's get back to the question. What is your perception of the stock market and, and Yodi said gambling, who else?
6: That's basically yeah. it, Sorry. a win or yeah. lose. And I wanna know, um, for a beginner starting off, how many would you buy and how much would you put on it?
0: <laughs> what? Well, that sound like I was doing layaway. I was putting something on my books <laughs> <laughs> how, how much would you buy and how much would you put on my books, honey? <laughs> <laughs> Tara. Okay. For a beginner. You said ask
6: any question
0: now. I'm not trying to be shy here. I'm not going to not answer. I just thought it was okay. cute.
6: Okay. Was Go cute. ahead.
0: So how many would you buy? That's, that's subjective and all relative to what your goals are. So, I, okay. Guys, back up. As new investors, you shouldn't be buying nothing. Why do I say you shouldn't be buying anything? anything? What do you think?
6: Because we're learning.
0: And if you're learning, what should you be doing first? Studying. Studying. So if you ain't studying and you buying, what are you really doing?
6: Wasting your money,
0: (laughs) committing suicide by financial genocide. You're killing yourself. Does that make sense? So I wouldn't. You got to learn. You got to read first to succeed. Learn and keep reading. Be a voracious reader. Right. And Learn what you're reading and how it works. And just because you read it doesn't mean, if it says the knob is blue, that's all you know is the color of the knob. You don't know what the knob do. That knob changes every single day. It's like, try to walk in the same exact footsteps, go from one side of the room to the next foot side of the room and do it precisely. You couldn't do that in your lifetime, right? The market moves that way. So until you learn the basic steps, you shouldn't be buying stock. Now, when it comes down to what you should buy once you learned it, then it becomes about strategy. It, it becomes about what you, what, what sector you're in, why you're in it, and then what is your money intent and what is your goals and how much can you afford to buy every single time you get a check. It that's why um, you know, a lot of people come into 2.0 and it's like an overhaul mentality. Like they go, wow. I didn't know this is how it really worked. Well, actually, it doesn't really work that way. Without a person like myself guiding you, you're gonna crash and burn. You're not gonna crash and learn. And your first experience is gonna be bang. And that's not me selling myself, trust and believe. I don't need to do that part. I'm telling you what's real, <laughs> you understand? So if, if and, and I wanna ask anyone from 2.0 to step up and, and, and answer this question. Does it seem unrealistic the gains you see in 2.0 and do you think that you see a um an easier ride there as opposed to doing it on your own? Anyone can answer from
4: 2.0. Wouldn't do it without you. Wouldn't work. I don't I I'd, 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 I'd have sold everything already. <laughs> you know? Like you just don't you don't realize it you, you buy something and you know, being able to, am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, I bought this and it went down, you know, and buy more? What are you telling me? Hold on. But then all of a sudden, it took me about that first month and it kind of snapped. It's like, wow, I bought more and it went back up. And now I got profit. And I got more profit. Hey, Kev, you think it's going to go back down? You know, that that that's the kind of mentality. it gets, I just like wanted to get it from you.
0: But see, uh-huh. it's, I said I'd be hoping it'd be going back down, yeah, because it.
4: it no, no, never- no. That's what I'm saying, but I didn't get that at first, and I would have never got that without talking to somebody about it, you know, and understanding, it, and you explaining it to us, because otherwise, you get scared, like you said. I mean, you're talking about a lot of money, you know. At least for me, it's a lot of money
0: there's a lot of money regardless i remember when i didn't have okay. money in the market like i have now and i remember i had to take like you got to realize something there's no mistake when you can go from like i, I looked at my account as of yesterday um i was up 706 percent since i started like in this account particular not including the gains that i have when the, the market uh closed on monday because then they got to calculate it and i'll see that in about a week and i'll post them so you understand what that is but it takes, a, um, it takes a second to understand what you're doing in the market. It also takes a lot of time to get control of your emotions. You know, a lot of people are so emotional when it comes to their money. Like, oh, my God, because they, they make money, their God, and it becomes like, oh, I love money. I love money. So when they lose money, they feel like they lost a piece of themselves. But you make the money. The money they make you, and as much as that sounds corny, it's the exact truth. You make the money. Now, are you smart enough to make your money make money? That that becomes about, Tara, how much are you wanting to learn? All right. Before you go forward. And then it makes sense. But you can't operate without strategy. You know, I, I was talking to my aunt. My aunt's up 82 percent for the year. And I put her in stocks at the beginning of the year. And she owns a lot of great companies. And I said to her, you know, um, there's nobody that does what I do not for the numbers that I do it for and with the intensity and the lessons that you're getting. There's nobody, I don't care who it is. You can find them. I don't care how much money they're making for themselves. I don't care about that crap. At the level in which it gets done, there's nobody that does it, right? And and it's cool because I don't, I'm not out there on the internet trying to sell stupid courses. Someone tried to convince me to do that the other day. And I was like, this is corny to me because I can't monitor what happens next. And I care about my results. And when I say my results, if you down with me, you're part of my results. So I care about that type of stuff. But um, let's get back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, what scares you about the stock market?
4: Not knowing.
0: Not knowing what?
4: How to operate the stock market.
0: So is that what kept you out of the stock market on an individual basis for that, for this many years?
4: For the most part, yes.
0: So let me tell you about the what in the unknown first. This is so important. It's almost simple. It's it's so simple. It's scary. So if you do something once, will you be an expert?
4: Definitely not.
0: Okay. So you do something ten times. Will you be an expert?
4: Still not. Probably. So,
0: how about a thousand times? Are you an expert? You getting there? Expert. Are you an expert? Yes or no. You mastering it. So it takes you ten thousand strokes to become an expert. Ten thousand evolutions. Ten thousand revolutions. Ten thousand to become an expert. Most people stop when that's in the
6: beginning the at the
0: first time of failure. Yeah. So they'll never be good. Never. So. If you're scared, here's how you do it. You're only scared because you don't what? You don't know. Right, so, so if you get what you don't know and you master what you don't know, your comfort level will grow, right? So then once you understand that, you'll be okay. Here's the problem and I'm gonna get real with you. A lot of people come to me and I can tell you that a good, I don't know. Besides the people that just joined me this month, everybody's up between 20 and like 70 or 80 percent. Some ridiculous numbers like that, depending on who and when they join. I don't monitor that. That's up to them. But my people on this call and there's a good four or five or six people from 2.0. They know what I'm talking about. Right. Here's the reality. Some people came in and then they broke out because they wanted my list of stocks. Right. But they're stupid. Really stupid. Why? Because the money was never in the stocks. The money was in the coaching. What to do when? And that happens every single day. It don't stop. My, My team knows that. You understand that? And that's where the money's at. So when you get into this arrogance and ego of I know, I know, I know, you'll never have a team. When it's all about me, I turn it around. It's about we. So everything I do is for my son. But if I'm doing it for my son, you know, my best intent is to make sure you understand what you're doing. So I'm not going to let you run out there with the horn and get smacked around. James, you want to say something? Yeah, I'm not going to let you get smacked around. It doesn't happen because I'm doing it with a certain intent. So... You can't come to me and go, listen, I got X amount of dollars. I don't care if you got 4 million, 10 million, or or $2 in the market. I'm not dealing with you unless, A, I'm comfortable with you. B, I know your spirit. and And three, you're there for the long term. I don't want people in and out. It's just too much energy, right? It's too much energy. It's a waste of my time, right? And then guess what? Here's the shocker. If you come in and you come out, I delete you off my pages. My personal pages, 1.0, 2.0, and I block your number and you can't send me any emails because you're gonna find out one day that you are an idiot, straight up. Because, and and Kimberly's laughing the tail off because she know what time it is, right? Because we got stocks up 300, 150%, I mean crazy, 200%. Not just one, not just two, not just three, it's bananas, right? But it takes a long time to find these companies. And I make sure I protect your money by making sure I give you information. So the fear in it is it can be extinguished if you get the reps on the information. But here's the deal. How many of you guys played basketball? How many of you guys um, went to college and played on a team? Right. So how many of you guys, when you left the team, you lost your coaches? Right. So when you lose your coach, how the hell are you going to succeed in life if you think now you could do it all by yourself? I'm good now. I tell people all day, get a mentor in an area in which you want to be good at. Got to make sure they're good at it. You got to see sustainable, provable results, though. Right. If someone's telling me they can help me make a million, I want to know what the account looked like first. Right. Because if they don't have a million, I'm not going to listen to them if I'm if that's my goal right? But if I've never been to a million and I got a hundred grand and you got 200 grand and you had a hundred grand and turned to 200 grand, I'm going to listen to that. Why? Because I'm trying to get to that level, but I can't show you how to make $10 million because I haven't made $10 million. You get it? So I'm not going to listen to someone tell me that they can help me do something that's never been there. Does that make any sense guys? So that's why I tell people read because that'll separate the, the phonies from whatever. And once you read and you understand when someone's telling you a quarterly report, like I was on Clubhouse and a guy was talking about quarterly reports and SKs, 8Ks, uh, and, and that. I was like, dude, baby food. They don't understand that. They don't know what that is. When a company has to get information out there anytime any time they have to put out an 8K. Well, now you understand that if a company reports something you see a file with the SEC that says 8K. Now that's easier to understand if you back it up, right? But it's all these little things that will add up. So you got to think of it as a 10 million piece puzzle that you will have to learn it one piece at a time. And so now if I've been in that room with the 20 million piece puzzle, it's easy for me to tell you about the 10 million piece puzzle. Right. So it's just you got to really understand all the intricate parts. You want you to understand the institutions. You got to understand equities, fixed income, like bonds of fixed income, bonds of safety. Right. Supposed to be. But since they're not paying you, but less than a percent, maybe 90 basis points. I haven't looked at the Treasury today, but the 10 year Treasury or the 30 year Treasury, I haven't looked at it, but I I know it's not paying you more than a percent. (laughs) So that's not really going to be growth money, but that's safety for your money. You know, when things go down. Right. So that's why a lot of these institutions are moving into these tech companies, because tech went into a V recovery. V meaning it went straight down and it went straight up. V, recovery. You got it? So one of these, this is all about learning for me because you guys, whether you know it or not, I'm passionate about this because it's something that I can see that it don't matter who you are, black, white, Chinese, I don't give a shit. I look at, we all walk through the same mud and we all get dirty, we all bleed the same. My thing is, Can we change our whole mindset so we can help our families? I mean, like, really? Can we do that part, right? So we could change the mindset, then we're good. If you understand that your dollar is supposed to be working for you, when you get 100 of them, you got 100 soldiers, and you're gonna send them out to work. You won't tell your soldiers to be like, okay, you could take the day off and buy some Nikes because I don't need to make money today. I'm gonna walk on you. Nah, man, if I'm gonna buy a Nike, I'm gonna buy the stock. It just makes sense to change your mindset and your behavior. All right. So sorry about that. I got on my I got on my thing, but it's important that you guys understand that, you know, I'm passionate about that part. You understand? And my guys know what time it is because I ain't playing no games with them. You guys are new. I don't like it when I hear you buying penny stocks. And yeah, you're scared. I understand the scared part. But I was a fighter. You hit me. I'm gonna hit you back 14000 times. You'll never get the second chance. That's how it is. So I'm not scared to take my hits. And I also know that there's a a barrier to entry in every business. Do you you believe that? You're going to take a loss. You're going to to learn something. The the key is you got to make sure that you don't lose the lesson when you lose the game. Because if you keep the lesson, the next game you'll be better at. Does that make sense? All right. So let's get back into it. Um, let me go to the next one. What did you learn from your family that helped you or hurt you when it came to understanding the stock market? Let's go. Well, I'll go. Come on.
6: My mother, um, I have three different accounts now in which I have no clue of until today, actually. Of, I just was letting it sit there.
0: Who am I speaking to? Because I don't see your name.
6: It's Keisha.
0: Okay, Keisha, go ahead.
6: So, um, during COVID, I had lost about fifteen thousand dollars in one account, and pretty much about ten in the other two. But I didn't know anything about the stock market. I wasn't interested because it looked like Chinese to me, and I, I actually I was scared until I joined this group. And now I'm like, ooh, maybe I need to move these, move this money or know where to put them now since I'm learning about it.
0: Let me interrupt. Yes. You will do nothing of a kind until you understand what it is you're doing. Okay. Nothing, because where are you moving it to? You'll be doing the same thing everybody else did, right? Until you understand, like I teach it because it's important to me, see, this is one of the reasons why I didn't do that teachable nonsense, because you read a line, you define a line, it's left up to your interpretation and perception of what that is. It doesn't make any sense. But when you have someone explain to you what color red is and it defines how color red is made and why color red is probably one of the key spectrum colors, then, then, then you understand why red is necessary in a stoplight. Does that make sense? Yes. You understand? So it's it's different. So. But the great thing is, is that you're learning to be more aware about what's happening. And when you, if you do qualify and go to the next level, the best thing about it is that now you have a starting point and, and that's the best part about it because you're not starting from zero like so many people are. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So who wants to go on the other, on go on that question? Um, the question again is, what did you learn from your family that helped you or hurt you when it came down to understanding the stock market? Am I moving um. on
5: Kevin, my family didn't know anything uh about the market. They just knew about um savings bonds. Mm. So I have like a ton of ton of savings bonds and they bought my kids like double E. Yeah. <laughs> but I you know, I've always been interested in the market, like I've told you before. Um, so I value this opportunity. Well, big, you're, big you're, you big time. Oh
0: no, know, stop it. You know how I don't like compliments, cut it out. I love you. But but the bottom line is is that um, most people weren't. Like, I didn't know anything about the stock market. I, I remember going into high school and, you know, they said, okay, you're going to look at the paper every day and you're going to look at the where the, the they have the ticker symbols at and you're going to tell me where these stocks are. And, and that's all I knew. And I forgot about it. It went through me like water, one ear and out the other. I didn't know it had any real-life application. If they would have really told me it had real-life application, then I, I probably would have been really good at math too because unless you can count, you can't count wealth. And then I became I became better at math when I went to college, but I wasn't thinking about it. Right. So that's the bottom line. So next question. Was the stock market ever ever discussed in your homes when you were younger? No. 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 <laughs> no. That's Absolutely not. Crazy.
5: That's crazy. a little bit for me, and yeah, not at all. No. A little bit for me. My uncle um, did well in the stock market, so I always kind of followed his advice, but I'd never really paid attention the way I am now, like paying attention to the news um, and different things that can affect the stock market so that you can do better research and pick better stocks.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, if you could speak to your younger self, what would you tell your younger self? To buy Apple? now. Go ahead, John. To buy Apple, <laughs> me too, John. Me too. A lot of it, bro. <laughs> I was recommending Apple at ni- in 1996 at eighteen dollars a share. That's horrible, and didn't buy it. That's even more correct. More. Same right? same year. Shoot, bro, I get it. That's crazy.
7: How long you been investing? For it- quite some time. Uh, investing was a part of the household conversation.
0: Good job for me. Good job. When you okay, so let, then this is good. Let me let me uh, have a conversation and parlay with you for a minute. So, what would you say is your average return over the last five years or over the last couple of years? Not counting this year. This year is like if you didn't make money, you were sleeping at the wheel.
7: Um, I want to say probably twelve uh, between eight and twelve percent.
0: So everybody hear that because that's what the average investors made probably over the last 10 years because we're in the biggest bull market in history, eight to 12%. So I'm gonna go through um, and and look at it from a standpoint of, I know my average return right now, if you started like a month ago, I think James, you said you was up 21%, give or take market fluctuations now, probably 18 to 20%, right? Same thing for you, Erica okay and um the I don't know who else is on it I think uh I'm not sure Shika, where you are you just started um but I know uh, miss Kimberly J are you still over 30 percent young lady yeah you know probably go ahead you can speak I you froze up am so excited
6: okay. about
0: okay
1: I can hear you actually now' trying
6: to Oh, I was saying I am very excited about it. I was trying to pull up my numbers at this moment, but wasn't working So, but yes. Yeah.
0: But Kimberly's one of my, like, she, she's, she's like one of my veterans. She's been with me since, like, may, may 18th when I started this little crazy idea of mine. You know, but the reason why I'm going to be up more than your average um, account is because I'm a stock picker. See, may, most people get involved with the stock market through mutual funds or through their 401ks. So they really don't have the education that comes with it um, to pick stocks or anything like that. So they're at the mercy of the fund manager who's managing the 401k. The problem is, is 96% of them failed to beat the index. So they fail horribly to beat the Standard & Poor's Index. So you're actually suffering when you have it at your job and you're suffering in another direction, taxes and fees. So if you know what you're doing, it becomes better if you can control it. The problem is if you don't know what you're doing, you don't have control. And that's why coaches are important. Well, the right one is because I see it and and I and I get annoyed when I see people talking, like, you know, I got 20 stocks that spit out 20 stocks and they tell you they're up a gazillion percent, but they're not telling you how to research stocks, how to get there. They're just telling you what it is so they, so you can follow them and make money and make their situation big. Nah, it's different, man. We got a bigger purpose here. You know, I got a son. So it's like, I don't even care about the money I make from 2.0, to be honest with you, it goes into KJ's account. I, I play with my own money. You know, he's get, he gets that, I did this for him. So it's important to really understand the big picture. Now, um, knowing what you know, what will you teach your children now? Since nobody had the conversation in their house when they was a kid, what are you talking about with your children now?
4: I'm all over trying to get them to figure out how they gonna make money what they're going to do with it i got a 20 year old that we talk about the stock market all the time about getting her uh she's in pre-med so she's a little busy with school right now but i want to get her into the uh the next dojo or the next two dojos when we get there when she's got some time to get into it because i think it's very important it's something i wish i'd have done at a young age that's for sure and uh she's seeing the difference she's seen me go from all the different stages of having money to losing money to digging myself out of holes and getting back on top and she's got a lot of respect for you know me financially as far as what i say and do so she's looking she's actually putting a little twenty dollars a week away every week even though she's a student and doesn't really work and uh we haven't started buying the stocks yet but we're on the way she's getting a little nest egg up to start doing it
0: that's it and that and that's where it starts Because all it really takes is that that one stock that turns that $20 into 30 and then 30 into 50. And they go, my God, you mean to tell me I can buy something that actually can inflate? And then they lose their mind. Just think about it, especially with you, James. Remember when I had to tell you to slow down? You still do. I know. I can't help it. You know, listen, it's fun. But it's, it's too much fun and sometimes it can turn into um, just aimless behavior and we can't do that. Everything's surgical, everything's strategic and everything's well informed. So when someone asked me what was happening today, I said, hold tight. I'm gonna post the technical, technical analysis, the support level in the market today, right? And then I was on the phone with someone and they, was, they were stalling on what they was thinking about doing and I said, what are you doing? You know, and then he did it and, you know, the stock's up like 18 points, you know, in the aftermarket. So you got to look at it from a standpoint of when you got someone who understands the fundamentals and they teach you the fundamentals and they understand the technicals and they teach you the technicals. Now you can own your decision. You make the decision yourself with guides. So it's like you wouldn't play basketball without your coach. What if you're let me ask you a question, Chris, since I saw you do the hands up. Get on with me, player. So. What would you do if you had a coach that you played ball for that went to the bathroom and stayed in the bathroom while you played your entire four quarters?
7: What would I do? Yeah. Uh, Would you stay
0: on that team? Find another coach or, you know, find another team. Right. you stay on the team because apparently they they brought it to that coach. That's the whole point. So you got to know what you're doing. In order for you to do something, so you're not the person going into the bathroom while your stocks is doing something different and you don't know what they're doing because you don't understand it. Right? That's about right. mostly everybody on the call who buys stocks through 401ks or buys stocks aimlessly and don't really understand it. You know, so this mm-hmm. it's really about changing the mindset. So let's get to that. And uh I'm gonna go just a little bit okay. longer tonight because I know this is a lot for you guys. I got a question for you though. Um what is the mind, what do you think the mindset or what do you think you need to change about your mindset to become a successful investor?
4: You have to educate yourself.
0: Yeah, that, yeah correct. Go
4: about it. I think
2: trusting your uh, your research, uh, right. not second guessing, because there's been many opportunities where I just second guess myself and just kind of
0: freeze. Not because you're but, new. Exactly. You are still trying to put it together. Trust me, I went to that early stages. That's twenty six years ago. I was I was throwing against <laughs> the wall, and I was like, "Oh, that didn't work." Oh, get my money out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trust me, I did all the mistakes that I'm 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 talking to you guys about. You know, which I say um, I say, don't be greedy. Greed is a killer. Greed I'm, is a killer. I'm gonna say, Sorry,
1: you mentioned because like today because this is like my fir- you know, my first time in it when things started to like really go down in numbers. And but I, I, I've now been here with you for a couple months. So it's like, okay, he said this was gonna happen. It's okay. You need to turn off the tickers. You need to not really pay attention for right now. You need to take yourself out of this. You need to decrease your anxiety and let it go because you have made some good, good decisions. And if you should be doing something else, you will find out and you can act on it at that point. But I had to take my emotion out of it and very blatantly do that. i like, don't pay you need to remove yourself <laughs> so that you can calm down.
0: <laughs> right. Right. That that's the that's the thing though. Hold on, I'm sorry. I don't know. I haven't checked this thing in a while. Um that's the, that's the problem, too. And then the other thing, too, you fall into this false sense of entitlement because now that you made money, you want to keep it. Does that make sense? I don't look at it. It's, it's the fact that what I started with at the end of the year, at the beginning of the year and what I end with at the end of the year. Plenty of times you hear me say, I'm, I'm up, but I don't know where I'm going to end the month with. Like, I don't know. So it's, 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 it's mental masturbation and I don't like that. So I just look at it from standpoint of let's wait to the end of the year so we can say, this is where I'm at. And then when the new year comes, we start focusing. So this is why like we had our call to, to set ourselves up for the beginning of the year. You understand? And that made more sense. So um, what stops people from being a successful investor? Greed. That was the first thing I had, brother. First thing. Second thing, too emotional, right? Too emotional, too fearful. Short-sightedness, looking for the short-term pleasure. Chasing shiny pennies, everything with a good idea that sounds good. Buying before they research, no go. Um, And they have a spend mentality as as opposed to an invest mentality. They're spending stock. I'm spending money. No, you're not. You're investing it. And if you understand it, then you're doing well. And um, the other thing is, they don't know the story. They don't know the story of the company they're buying. They couldn't tell you what the name of the CEO was or is. They couldn't tell you what the what's going on in their financials. That's what makes a, a, a poor investor, very poor. I mean, both physically and mentally poor, right? So um, where do you find and where do you look for for, for now let me ask you a question, Kim- Kimberly Francois. Are you still on the phone? Are you still here? She left. Okay. So, when where do you find your um, good your your stock information? Like where are you looking?
6: My watch list. Been been.
0: Well, I'm talking about before the before the dojo. If you were investing like John, where we, where would you find your your information? Are you in individual stocks now or are you still in mutual funds?
6: I have both. This is Keisha. I have um a diverse It's some is split up and then one is strictly I take 20% out of my check and it goes directly to the company I work for.
0: Okay. So that that's mutual funds. So okay. All right, but now let me let me let me go to John for a second. Mr. Harris. Yes, sir. Are you investing in individual stocks mainly or, or both? Uh,
7: both. More on uh, mutual funds than, than uh, stocks.
0: Got you. Got you. And, and so that that's, I mean, it's a safer play when you're diversified anyway. Um, but when you're looking into the stocks that you have, where are you getting the information?
7: Um, I'm all over the place internet. Um, I watch some of your uh, TV shows or newscasts, but I know those are more or less, like you said earlier, I I think you called it uh, chasing tips and the rumors. Rumor mills run the market, change the ticker, and people buy. So I kind of stay away from a lot of that, but I do research Leadership uh, in companies uh, go and see what their resume has been prior to the announcement of that position. What have they done uh, for previous companies that they've been a part? How long um, they've been in actual management and as such? That's perfect. So I, I, I look at it from that aspect as That's- though I'm basically you know either interviewing for a job. And I, I look at stocks that way. I that's go in and prepare myself to answer those type of questions.
0: That's awesome. That's one segment though. I'm going to tell you the management is one segment. There's about 20 other things you should do, but th- that's a great, that's the best place to start because you know um, if you don't know the leadership is on, it's going to win, it's going to win you the championship. <laughs> you know, they're either gonna lose you or win you the championship. So that's the first place to start. So that's awesome. So the keys to a great company is that you need to know that they're earning money. You need to know that their, their revenues are growing. You need to know that their gross margins are growing. You need to know that they have cash that supersedes their debt. And I like companies with zero debt. Um, who could tell me why? I mean, their cash can go to other places. Well, if they have zero debt, they have zero chance of going out of business if they're making money. You understand? And, and that's important. So the um, what, support, what makes a poor investment, so I'm just going to rattle a couple of things off because I'm going to bring it down to a, a close because I want to make sure that I can um, give you some guys, give you some stuff on the way out. But um, poor management, we talked about good management, so the, obviously a poor investment would be into poor management. Um, highly levered companies, they have a lot of debt um and they're low barrier to entry so that means that they have a they're in a crowded space a lot of competition they're not the they're not the the amazing widget in that industry they're just part of the the tool shed there's many widgets like them that's not a good investment there's no there's nothing special there's no moat there right um penny stocks stay away from those um poor financials Um, inconsistent earnings like they their earnings are all over the place you don't know if they're going to be good or bad Uh, low cash reserves in a business like highly regulatory like cannabis why would you buy a company that can't be going across the nations internationally if you're dealing with regulations but because people got rich off of it in the hood it became good to think about in the stock market no it doesn't work that way main street disconnect right this is wall street a different ballgame. We need numbers. We need earnings. We need growth, right? Um, buying on impulse and selling on emotion—big deal. Buying on impulse and selling on emotion—you um, know, because if stocks down, you lose money when you do that. And then it becomes, what does a downtrend tell you about a company? Who can answer that one? <laughs> right. It, the rap, right? Yes. So I would never think I'm going to be Captain Saving and say, "No, this is going to come back. It's going to come back. It's going to come." No, it's in a downtrend for a reason. If 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 the market's been going up, like Dow thirty thousand and Nasdaq Composite twelve thousand, we've seen that, right? So if you see the Nasdaq and the Dow running, the S and P five hundred running, right, and then your stocks going in a downtrend. Tell me what that means and, and why should you stay away from it based on that?
1: They're definitely making bad decisions and losing money in a, in, a, in a market where that shouldn't be happening.
0: Yeah, it really shouldn't be because if the market's in an uptrend and your stocks, in, I mean, like it's not like one sector's in an uptrend, right? So if the market entirely is in an uptrend and your company's in a downtrend, that tells you that management's a problem, earnings is a problem, everything is a problem. You got to pay attention to look into that, right? And Wall Street does not like to wait once you miss a promise, so it becomes if you disappoint Wall Street, they will leave you alone in a hot second to find something that's going to make that money move. Does that make sense? All right, good we'll where,
1: where does that downtrend become that the the space where we we just talked about earlier in the call to buy more, like. When we see the downtrend, it's time to get out. And then when do we see the downtrend, it's time to buy more. Now, I know a lot of that has to do with the company. And I could say like, you know, companies like, you know, like some of the major ones we've been discussing, um, having in down in down dips. Maybe that's not necessarily a trend. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could explain that a little bit more.
0: Well, OK, so there's downtrends and then there's down days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And just because you have a down day doesn't mean you're in a downtrend. Just because you have a down week doesn't mean you're in a downtrend. See, and that depends on the indicators, like your your moving averages. So once you understand how to read technical charts, then it becomes a little bit better for you to see whether you're in an uptrend or downtrend. So I would kind of do some research in that area.
7: Okay.
0: All right. And then, so I always get the question, when should you sell? You should never buy a company that you plan to sell unless the management changes direction or the growth slows. That company, because you go into a, a new company, you know, that's a risky part, right? The second part of that company is like, when it goes into that expansion and they're moving out, they're buying, they're, they're, they're actually using their revenues to, to expand market share, that's cool. But then what happens when they've expanded to the point where they can't expand, like you see like the Facebooks of the world, right? You know, and they start to slow their growth down, right? So that's when, I'm, I'm, when a company changes the direction that's when I'm out. Because if I own Facebook at 50 and they split or whatever, you know, I'm gonna keep Facebook. I ain't selling it. (laughs) I'm gonna leave it alone. Why? Let it be. You know, because if it's 200 and something dollars a share, I don't need to take the tax consequences and it ain't doing nothing but making my son rich. That's the bottom line. All right. So I'm only selling in that case. Now, which is better? Real estate or stock market? Go ahead, Chris. I see you reaching. Uh, I'd say real estate. No, 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 no. Stock market, stock market. You know, I'm gonna ask you to tell me why. Why? Um, well,
7: I guess if if you if you're able to you know generate generate a higher return. I mean, based on uh, what you're saying, um, it's hard to get those type of returns unless you're
0: like owning you know huge apartment buildings, maybe or something like that. So if you look at real estate, real estate, I think is 3%. Um, a yeah. little, like the returns when you average it, the, the stock market is like 9%. I think it's like three to 6%, but the stock market is like 9%. Yep. Return on investment. Return, right. Mm-hmm. And it's been better. Like the last five years, the S&P 500 has been up 15% a year. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Right. Yep. Right. So, and then, you know, the benefits of it is that, see, I can't sell my stock. I can sell my stock. I can't sell my house. In a day and it be in my account in four days. But I can sell my stock yeah. and all of it to be in my account in four days. And I can buy that house the next day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And all the expenses with real estate, right? Right, right. So that, that's really the deal. But I like both. And it really depends on who you are and what yep. what you know how, how it fits for you. Me, I'm not a I'm not a real estate guy. I don't want to be a landlord. I do not want to tell you to pay your bill. Right. I'm not a bill collector who I'm not a bill collector. I'm the worst. So yeah. And then um, I'm going to, uh, okay, good. And the last thing. So how do you think, hey, Kevin? You go ahead, John. Real quick on that one. Um, there's sectors of the stock market
7: where you can actually own real estate. Yeah, you can buy REITs. Real estate So mm-hmm.
0: can you have the best of both worlds? You can In Without being a landlord? Well, you can do that in the stock market and it's liquid, but then we're still talking about the stock market, right? So, if I'm buying sectors that are doing well because rates are low and they're doing very well because people with new ho- new housing starts are up significantly, well, you know, and that business looks the trajectory looks good for the next 5 to 10 years, then I'm great. Um, but I know interest rates are going to go up probably in the next 3 to 4 years because I know they're not going anywhere for the next 2 to 3. Right? So, you can make hay while the sun shines now and when you're buying, um, you know, real estate related companies like the builders, the Home Depots and in that, you're doing well. All of those companies did well over the last few years. Very, very well. Um, I'm the type of guy that of likes to look further out. You know, um, I like hyperbolic, not hyperbolic I want hyper growth, you know, and I want to see that 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 industry has a very, a very, um, The company itself is, is, is unique in that area. Like I'm looking for things that can, I know that can be an Amazon. I don't know if it's going to be, but I'm looking for that. I'm looking for things that could be culture shifts that people are going to go, wow, or they can dominate their marketplace because their management and their product and the, in the innovativeness is, is, is off the chain. That's what I'm kind of looking at. And I kind of like that. Um, But to get to, um, The last part of this, what do you think 2021 is going to be like? And then I'll answer it and we'll close the call. Who wants to answer that?
3: Better than 2020.
0: I'm so funny. If it's better than 2020, I'm all in face first. I'm a pit bull running into the wall. Go ahead, Bonner.
2: Sorry, your question was on... uh what our um what we think 21 2021 is gonna be like right mm-hmm. uh i was that was gonna be my question to you <laughs> what you thought it would be um but it just seems like 2020 was an anomaly mm. um or like once in a general not generation but once in a
1: you know it decade was. type
2: of yeah once in a generation type of thing and so i could see a pullback but i could see like maybe tech not being like the big the big sector maybe like Consumer discretion to whatever, like, you know, the Amazon. You're watching,
0: you're listening to the news. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's why. Like, okay. So, my thought process is number one, you have to look at regulation. So, you got to look at, you know, let's talk about if if the Democrats, because politics makes sense. So, if the Democrats control the Senate, you know, it might be a bad thing for the investors in the short term, but it might be a great thing for Wall Street. I mean, for, for Main Street, because if you turned around and went from a one point nine billion dollar stimulus plan to a two point nine billion. I mean, excuse me, trillion dollars st- stimulus plan, then, OK, that's going to put some some uh, some some uh, heat on the fire. Right. When you think about the sectors and where we are tech, tech with technology, you got to look at it from a standpoint of, OK, Technology has sped up our, you know, um, the way we do business, like, fivefold, right? So I think with zero interest rates, zero interest, it's not that I think, I know. Zero interest rates means that money is cheap. And if money is cheap, companies can grow. So as long as zero interest rates exist, technology companies will be off the chain, right? Because they can borrow money for this. Right. Like basically nothing. Right. And when you're looking at that, um, that will help them expand and grow. And now you have the hybrid mentality of how many people, how many of you guys are working from home right now? Raise your hand. How many of you guys can stay working from home after COVID is over? Raise your hand. So let me say this to you guys. Right. Um, Companies have gotten smart. So, they're going to save money with travel expense and credit cards and everything else. Right. So, we see a tax increase. I don't think, I think it gets offset by technology. And if you think about the corporate tax rate, and, you know, I'm, I say this to 2.0, during Obama's era, the tor- corporate tax rate was 35%. It's, if it goes up to 28%, okay, when you think about it, it was 35% to the end of seven, in the 2017 when they changed the tax code. <laughs> so they went through to still the biggest bull market from 2008 to 2017 with 35% tax rates. So Wall Street is greedy and that's what the machine is, but that's what it is. So it's all smoke and mirrors. I think we're going to have the biggest year ever. I think we'll see Dow cross 30,000. And here's why, because you think, think like this, the epicenter stocks, the cyclicals and the stocks you were just talking about, they're going to come back. And since they're part of the Dow part of the S&P 500 and half of those companies didn't take part in the growth in the V recovery, they're in that K or U-shaped recovery, guess what? If they go up 50%, the Dow's 35,000. <laughs> think about it, like when you, when you think about how it's weighted. See, it's like when you, when you think about Tesla getting into the S&P 500, it's weighted 13%, but the volatility in it won't move it that much because Amazon is the big dog in, in the S&P 500. So you just gotta look at how the market works and there's a lot of moving parts. Once you understand the moving parts then you can make money, all right? But you gotta understand not just the moving parts. So I would say this to you. Um, I think it's gonna be a great year. I know we're gonna get it. In any market we can make money in it because once we understand it, it's like I understand how institutions do it. So I just go in reverse of what they say because they lie to you all day. Think about the guy who got on TV, was crying about COVID and made $3.5 billion shorting the market. Think about that guy. You know, the, 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 the fund manager who did that, right? Did that, right? And, and I heard about when he bought the puts. I heard about it the year before, which is crazy. I was like, yeah, what is he doing that for? And then the COVID thing happened and bang, right? why cuz they they're international and they're paying attention to the international market so it made sense that if it came here it was a bet he made a bet and it worked out right so whenever they're talking they're talking in re- you got to go in reverse oh they're buying great sell they're selling great buy <laughs> because they're lying to you it's crazy but you got to know better to um to get there and it sounds crazy when when you hear it but i operate it in 2.0 from a standpoint of When stocks drop, I already know what's going on because it's funny how they drop it down to the technical point, it bounces off support and bang, it's off to the races again. And and I use all of the indicators to make a good decision. It's not a great decision until we win, but it's still a good decision if we get in and we're up, right? So it's one of those things where um, 2021 should be a big, big year for us. It should be a big year for anyone that learns the market for anyone that really understands the companies that they're getting involved with, um, because it's, it's just too much money out there to, to sit on the sidelines now. And, and because now you know better and you have um, been exposed to wealth one-on-one thousand, you have to do it. You can't be scared anymore. It's like, where's Al at? You still on the phone, brother? Go ahead, Al, get on with me. So you from the hood, you from back in the days. You from yep. so let me ask you a question. If you got into a fight with someone and someone beat you up, right? And you went home crying, what would your parents do?
4: Oh, you know what time it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, they- you, gotta go,
4: you gotta go out there and handle your business.
0: Or they're gonna do what? You won't get are they gonna, or, or they're gonna beat you. Right. So you telling me you're scared of the stock market is me telling you you ain't going out to fight. Now, I just said I just called you a punk. What you going to do about it in 2021? Right. Hand of my business. <laughs> right. so, so you understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, Without we, a doubt. But the point I know, Al, through somebody else. But the point I'm reaching is you got to be fearless and, and understand that you can read and you can understand and comprehend. And as long as you can do that and you have someone to help you break it down and walk you through it you'll be okay like if you said to me kevin i have 200 grand i want to put into the market you can't understand the swings that would give you for you to be safe with that mentality no you got to start a little at a time get your feet wet understand what it is know what the structure is the system is and the process is and then bang you're good so with that being stated, if no one has any questions, I'll take just one more question before I get off the, uh, the the jack. Does anyone have any question? Who wants to beat me to it?
7: Okay, good.
0: All right, guys. So that's basically it. I just wanted to kind of, I, I rarely do this, but I thought this would be awesome for you guys since it was the end of the year um, to actually um, have this conversation. So it was so cool to see some of my peoples. Thank you, Kimberly, for showing up. You're like a UFO. Thank you, James. You know, Sheikah. All I think all you guys, my man Jeff down there. I see you, brother. You know, so again, I appreciate you. I will see you next week. You have fun and be healthy and safe. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. You're very <laughs> well.
5: Good night, good night. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good have night. Have a good evening. Thank good you, night. sir.